Good morning. I'm glad you joined us online right now. I'm going to give a brief recap, very brief, of the series so far, the marathon series. The first week, we looked at the truths that God has baked into the way life works. The second week, we talked about the need to live in reality as God sees it. And the last two weeks, we looked at the first four decades of life. Right now, we're going to spend a whole message on the fifth decade, the 40s. This is a very challenging time, the 40s. And it's, it's like running through fire. There is a great deal of pressure on people in their 40s. The people in 40s live tired and they carry a heavy weight of responsibility. In the 40s, you're already in the fire and you don't need to volunteer to run through the fire like these people did to help themselves. Let's watch this together. Next tonight here, the self-help moment gone wrong in Dallas. More than 30 people hurt in a firewalk during an event held by Tony Robbins. Several, in fact, rushed to the hospital. And here tonight, ABC's Clayton Sandell. It's supposed to be an exercise in mind over matter. But for some firewalking followers of motivational guru Tony Robbins, the power of positive thinking, apparently not enough. We need a rescue dispatch down here for a forensic on both In Dallas, firefighters say 30 to 40 people were treated last night for burns to legs and feet after walking across hot coals. Five went to a hospital. It's predictable, isn't it, that they got hurt? In the 40s, your feet are on fire anyway. You you certainly don't need to walk on hot coals in addition to being on fire. An advantage of the 40s is that your capacity as a leader is growing. It's increasing, but you must endure if it's going to keep increasing. The goal God wants you to move toward in your 40s is... Becoming a person of steel in your character. And that requires you to push through a great deal of emotional pain. There were many times in my 40s that my dreams weren't, looked like my dreams weren't going to materialize and I got into despair. I could do that easily in my 40s. But in your 40s and any time really, you must trust God with the outcome of your life completely. Around 37 to 45 or maybe on either side of that, a nagging question comes up. Am I going to keep going or bail out? Asking this question can cause us to say, one more time, to look back on simpler times and to want to go back to those. And uh, due to the immense pressure, you, you just want it to go back to when you were a kid and enjoy life again. So you get into proving that you've still got it in some way. My version of One More Time involves surfing. I went on an epic quest for 
the perfect surfboard. I was looking for a longboard, and uh, I ended up getting a performance longboard, an Infinity Rad Nose Rider. And uh, it was in the corner of my bedroom for a while. My wife was very gracious to me. Um, And I penciled in Psalm 93.4 on the stringer. Mightier than the waves, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. That was my nod to God during my midlife reevaluation. In this decade, moms are tempted to say things like, I have given myself to others. Now it's time to get something for myself. Men can say, I'm doing all this for others. What's in this life for me? And you are incredibly tempted to indulge in devastating folly. But God's purpose in the fire of the 40s is to refine your character. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, in this you rejoice, though not, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your false hopes are hopefully being burned away in your 40s. God's goal in the fire is to prove that your faith is genuine. And that's the reason for the test. The test of the 40s, the test that we go through any time in life, he wants to refine our character and test our faith. He does that by testing our faith. Sometimes it seems like God is all that we have when we're walking through the fire of tough times. And and he wants to know if he's enough for us. That's faith, to believe that God is enough for me right now as I'm going through this trial. He, He is walking with me. Will you praise God in the midst of the fire, or will you not praise God? That's the core question as we're walking through fire. Your character is strengthened by repeated, repeatedly denying yourself in order to do what God wants you to do. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you deny yourself, you lose your life, but then you find your life. In your 40s, things are screaming in you to save your life instead of losing your life. 
That's what the culture is telling you to do. The, the world is saying, focus on you. Get all you can. Grab all the gusto you can. If you keep the faith in your 40s, and any time really, you're learning to trust God in greater ways than ever. Paul talked about the pressure that he was under in serving God. In your 40s, you're under a similar kind of pressure, and God adds the pressure for a purpose. Second Corinthians 1.9 Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You often end up in life under pressure, and God wants to use that pressure to hopefully lead you to rely on him the one who raises the dead. It's an amazing thing. As you rely on him, uh, you're gaining a deeper experiential knowledge of God as he walks with you and as you obey him. He's right there with you, teaching you. Jesus said in John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and manifest myself to him. Keeping Jesus' commands proves your love for him. And that's how you experience him. As you obey, he comes through and you experience the reality of God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who works with you to come through on your behalf. There are things you will discover in obedience to Jesus that you will not discover in any other way. And he keeps coming through with the promise to be faithful as we deny ourselves. Our faith grows through experience. This is the way it works. Our car blew an engine while we were starting the church and we were doing what God told us to do in starting the church. He had called us to that. And the way it was at the time, we had no money to fix it. But God provided a pastor who knew cars and he helped me re-overhaul the entire engine. And I I would have been lost without his help. God provided that pastor, and that grew my faith. There is real danger that you're going to abandon your responsibilities in your 40, and you'll lose your integrity and any leadership you've gained in the life of the people around you or at work or Whatever. The culture, what the Bible calls the world, is telling you to live for yourself. Here's a clip from the movie Family Man that shows how selfishness can rear its ugly head in us. The movie is about a wealthy Wall Street banker 
who gets a glimpse of what his life would have been like if he married a gal he was in love with at one time. Let's watch this. Perfect for your frame. Why don't you try it on? Might want to take an inch out of the back. Okay. Lengthen the sleeve. You look amazing in that suit. I mean, really. Wow. Off the charts, great. <laughs> It's an unbelievable thing. Wearing this suit actually makes me feel like a better person. I'm gonna buy it. It's two thousand and four hundred dollars. Are you out of your mind? Come on, let's go. <laughs> she got those shoes. Those shoes were twenty-five dollars. Come on. Take it off, all right? We'll go to the food court and get one of those funnel cakes you like. Your daddy's a crazy guy. No. No. Do you have any idea what my life is like? Excuse me? I wake up in the morning covered in dog saliva. I drop the kids off, spend eight hours selling tires retail. Retail cake. I pick the kids up, walk the dog, which, by the way, carries the added bonus of carting away her monstrous crap. I play with the kids, take out the garbage, get six hours of sleep if I'm lucky, and then everything starts all over again. So, so what's in it for me? Where, where are my, my Mary Janes? I experience this scene often in my 40s. Not, not exactly that scene. I wasn't looking at $2,400 suits, uh, but I had to force myself, just like him, to focus on my responsibilities and not focus on what I wanted to, which was me. Let's turn now and look at some specific dangers of midlife. First, Spending time toying with regret and self-pity. In my 40s, I, I could have easily thrown a pity party. Many of them. When you get into self-pity, you're in danger of abandoning your responsibilities. You must move forward in faith. Second, fantasizing. You get into fantasizing fantasizing about sin or a do-over, one more big game or one more big sale, a new romance. Thankfully, my, my goals were, in, in my 40s, were set on a surfboard and playing baseball. I, had, I played baseball. A friend of mine talked me into it at 39. And I had two goals, to hit a home run and throw a guy out at second again. I didn't accomplish both of those, but I accomplished one of them. If, if you care, ask me about it sometime. 
that was relatively harmless to get into baseball and surfing again, but it could have easily been worse. Third, it's tempting in the 40s to start dabbling with drinking, getting high, porn, flirting, clubbing. It is so easy to try to numb the pain with these things. And finally, attempting to recapture the past, losing weight, working out, buying the car we could never afford, having a baby, finding a new lover. Losing weight and working out are good, for sure. You need transportation, but not the car you can't afford, for sure. But if God gives you a baby, he's on the side of having babies. So he obviously wants you to have the baby. Nothing wrong with those. But if you're married, you certainly shouldn't try to find a new lover, for sure. And uh, that's that's not good. The problem with these is that when you do these things in denial of reality, you're trying to recapture the past. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. It is not wise to get into nostalgia and long for the good old days. Ecclesiastes says, don't ask those questions, such questions. God wants us to purify our priorities through the pain that we're going through in the four, in the forties. Will, will you work with him to do that? Will you purify your priorities as he wants you to? That is the path to the good life. Here are three priority commitments that God wants you to keep in order. First, mission or purpose. The church has a clear mission from God, and God has a clear purpose or mission for the family as well. Will you submit to God his purpose for the family and at work and move the right things forward in those stewardships? In your 40s, this is going on. You're sorting through your priorities while something inside is telling you to bail out. Second priority is the welfare of others. God wants us to look to the welfare of others first if we have responsibility for them. And uh, this is backward from our native reflexes, but it's the path to refreshment. Proverbs says that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And that's what I've experienced in life. When I focus on my own refreshment, it's like drinking from a dry well. You can't get anything out of it. But when I've turned outward to the welfare of others, that's when I get refreshed. Third priority is my own welfare. 
The Bible expects us to look out for our own welfare, but last, not first. We trust God to look out for our interests while we focus on the mission and the welfare of others. If you keep those things in priority, you're pleasing God. Jesus also promised that if we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first, we will have everything we need. And that's what I've experienced as I've trusted him and sought his kingdom first. The way it works out practically is that to keep priority commitments in order, you serve your family first and put their welfare above your own. If you're a mom and dad or a mom or dad, brother or sister or child, you look to serve the interests of your family above your own in very practical ways. I have a field mentor in my doctor of ministry program who challenged me uh, to help Cindy more around the house. And that's not my native tendency, for sure. I'm more selfish than that. So I started doing the dishes, helping more around the house. And I got refreshed. When you look to the welfare of others, you get refreshed. That's the way God has made life to work. When a person gets these priority commitments out of order, making their own interest the top priority, they aren't trusted. You need to be faithful and loving. And that's where trust comes from. Here are some questions for you. Will you serve the mission of your church and look to the other's interests as you handle your own? The Bible expects you to handle your own interests. And you're pretty motivated to do that. But if you're in your 40s, you want to shrivel up into yourself at times and Native selfishness is embedded in all of our hearts. It's counterintuitive, but that's when you need to focus on others right then. Will you continue to work hard at work and focus on the good of your company and sacrifice for it? You, you aren't motivated in any way, likely in your 40s. You're tired. You aren't motivated to serve the interests of the company you work for, and your level of motivation is just above a zero, maybe a one. But God promises to reward you if you push through. Colossians 3.23 says, Work heartily as serving the Lord and not men, and then you will receive a reward from that. This is how you build credibility over time. What God is doing in your 40s is trying to help you narrow your focus down to doing the will of God in each situation. He is wanting to refine your commitment, your character, and your commitment to doing 
his will. Therefore, the main question in the 40s is, will I do the will of God or not? 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2 says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. That's what God's trying to do through the suffering that we experience. Focus us down to live for the will of God, which is the best kind of life we can have. When you realize that your dreams may not come true, when you're fantasizing about a do-over, when you're wallowing in regret and self-pity, will you continue to focus on doing the will of God? A passage that has encouraged me greatly, and especially during the pandemic when we were, God used the park, but to bring a lot of new people around, and I'm so grateful for that. But uh, it felt a little like we were in the wilderness, you know, in the park. But here's the passage, Habakkuk 2, 3 and 4. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. God has a time for the vision to be fulfilled, and he will not be a second late. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, yes, it always seems slow to us. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It will be accomplished at the perfect time. And as it comes together, God will be glorified because he is never late. He's always on time. Behold, I'll explain this statement in a, in a moment. Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Jerusalem had been captured by the Babylonians, and they were real barbarians. Their soul was puffed up. They, they were proud of their lifestyle and their abilities. And righteousness was not in them in any way, shape, or form. In contrast, the passage says, Habakkuk says, the righteous live by faith. This passage should deeply encourage you if you're in your 40s or any age, really. God is faithful to fulfill his vision for your life. If you submit to him, he'll work with you. He, he'll fulfill his vision. God's vision for your life will materialize as you continue to walk with him. He will fulfill his purpose and vision for your life. If you focus on God's will, it will be good for you because he fills, fulfills his purpose for people, whether they do his will or not, but it is, it goes way better 
if you do the will of God. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18, the last passage in the book of Habakkuk, the prophet. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I would imagine that being captured by the Babylonians is far worse than anything we've experienced. In your 40s, when you can't see the fruit that is flowing out of your life, you can't see it, you don't know if it's going to happen, you have to forge ahead in faith when you don't know how it's going to turn out. You're in the fire now. And God will bring you out the other side as you continue to walk with him. Notice how it says that regardless of the fruit you're seeing, you're not seeing fruit, the fruit of your efforts, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. You take joy. You grab a hold of it intentionally. You take joy instead of wallowing in self-pity or a lack of visible results. You choose to praise God. And this is the way you do what God made you to do, to glorify him. Your insides are saying, give up. But you need to be resolved to bear the responsibility you have. Here are some brief scenarios I'd like you to think about. At work, you've invested many years waiting for the reward, but the reward hasn't arrived. There's a lot of pressure to get ahead, and capable young guns are gunning for your job, and you're a little unsettled by that. You love your family, but the pressures of work are pulling you in the opposite direction from investing in your family. Kids and and the family are growing and they're demanding more attention and resources. And how in the world are you going to pay for college? At church, if you're faithfully walking with God, your role is increasing. And your body that used to be your friend is starting to let you down. And this can be very frustrating. All of this feels like you're a wishbone that is about to snap. The wishbone of a chicken. You ever, you ever snapped one of those? I, I have. I'd like to stop now and take some time, give you some time to think through some next steps to take after hearing this message. I'm going to have some suggestions for you, but you may have others that you want to take. Here, here are my suggestions. For the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and commit to following him as Lord. Second, I will renew my commitment to do the will of God. Maybe you've been waffling on that commitment lately and, and you want to renew, you want to resolve to do the will of God 
in each situation in your life. And then the final step, I will ask God to help me endure in doing his will. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for the way you walk through us, with us through the fire. You are worthy of all honor and praise and glory. And I, I ask you for help, God, to do what you've called us to do, that you might be honored, that you might be praised. You are enough for us. Give us the strength and the power we need to take the next steps you've laid on our heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.